Hi, everybody. Paul here. And glad to be going live with you on Facebook as we headed to a weekend. It's going to be really hot here in Fresno. So I hope you survive that. If you're a local around the rest of the country, I hope your weather as well as I mean, we're still kind of staying inside. So I don't know how much that is in there. But I want to talk today about this question. What is the danger of living as a victim? And who is out there living as a victim? Let's talk about it on the nonpartisan evangelical. That's cool. I get to play the open, but I don't know if that plays over Facebook. I guess I'll find that out, but we're all experiencing and experimenting with this technology and learning and all of those things. So I'm glad you're with me. I'm Paul. I'm the nonpartisan evangelical. And what the NPE is all about is challenging mindsets to think about what is the best way to live and think and grow. I do this in coaching with business leaders. And one of the things I work with leaders all the time on is don't be a victim. If we become a victim of our circumstances, we're not going to live as our best self. And I see a lot of people living as victims these days. And, uh, and, and let me give you kind of an example of what the comparison of those look like. Um, I saw a Facebook post. I was actually tagged in it today on Facebook. And it was a friend of mine, and he kind of knows the conversations we've been having. And so he posts, I'm sitting at a restaurant with my mom. And he says, yes, sitting, like the rest of us in here who are exercising our constitutional rights are doing. And then there was a litany of comments that one after the other after the other, uh, saying terrible things about our city, our mayor mocking people who were wearing masks in the restaurant, mocking people who still believe that we should be sheltering in place to save people's lives. And to me, that's what a victim mindset looks like. A victim mindset is going to find a way to say, somebody's trying to put something on me, and I'm going to respond as a victim rather than an empowered person. Now, now that's not because of the decision my friend made to sit in a restaurant. You can, you can make a decision, and we can have disagreements, and we can do it from an empowered place. But when, it's, when I start to say, I am standing up against the tyranny being thrown on me. Some of that is coming from perhaps a victim mindset. And I'll, I'll tell you what the difference looks like. Uh, a pastor in our town this week held a press conference and, and his press conference was to say, our church on May 31st, on Sunday, May 31st, is going to hold congregational services. And um, so right now we have a shelter in place order in our town and in our state, and it goes through the end of May to that last day of May 31st. And so this pastor was saying, we're going to violate that order on May 31st. And I can agree or disagree with that. And I probably tend to disagree, but I think we're having healthy arguments about what the right time of shelter in place is and what the right time of getting the economy going again and all of those things. I think we can have live uh, a vigorous argument about that. And I think that's appropriate. And, and I'm actually getting to a place of kind of like, hey, here in Fresno, we don't have a lot of deaths. And so there is a point where you, you start to do things and there were some unreasonable parts of the order. And so let's have legitimate good conversation about that. But this is what the pastor did that I really appreciated. And I actually texted him and, and told him this is throughout the press conference, what he kept saying is, I want to honor what our governor and our mayor have done. Our governor and our mayor have been forced to make very difficult 
decisions in very difficult situations. And so he continued through to say, I honor, I honor, I honor. But he said, I just, you know, and so he made a press conference in essence to say, but at the end of this stay, stay in place, I may end up violating the next order, but I want to make sure everybody's aware of it ahead of time. And I just thought, hey, even if I disagree with the position of that pastor, and I think we should hold off gathering in big gatherings as long as possible. And he was making the equation of church versus Walmart. And I'm like, okay, going to Walmart and walking down an aisle, sitting in a church for two hours next to somebody, greeting them, hugging them with a holy kiss. Difference. I can see a difference. But even if I disagree, I can look and I, and again, I text this pastor and I said, thank you for honoring our leaders. So we have one what I would say is the victim mindset, our mayor's an idiot, and I'm going to show him by going and sitting down and then mocking him on social media. And then you have uh, an honoring position that says, hey, I honor your position and what you do. I just need you to know I, I'm, I'm probably going to violate that order coming up. Do so you see the difference? And even, even though there's disagreement in both of those positions, one is is honoring, the other is a victim. And we become victims because we feel a sense of injustice and we want to try to get back control and power. And so one of the ways we do that is by being a victim. If, if I can declare myself a victim of you, then I can build an agenda in my heart. I can think bad things about you. I can call you names. And that makes me feel better. Now, life always is a, a series of decisions. And every decision, in some ways, we're thinking, do I want to have long-term gain by this decision? And so short pain in the short term, I'm going to make a decision that's going to give me short-term pain, but have long-term gain, like my choice to exercise is going to suck while I'm exercising perhaps, but the long-term gain is worth it. Or do I want the short-term gain and not worry about the long-term pain. That's like, I'm going to eat the, my third ice cream cone because it'll be really neat for the moment, make me feel better and self-medicate and long-term consequences be damned. So being a victim is I want the short-term gain of being able to call you or the mayor or the governor a jerk or say they're Gestapo or doing Gestapo tactics, even though long-term I'm not solving anything. I'm not fixing, I'm not doing anything productive whatsoever other than giving myself a short-term gratification. And that's the difference between victimization and working from an empowered position. And see, part of the reason we do this is we have this amazing part of our brain called an amygdala. You have one right, right back in here somewhere, and I'm not a brain expert. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know, but I just know of this. There's And the amygdala controls our fight or flight mechanism. So once uh, some bad things start happening, our amygdala kicks in and wants to say, run or call that person a jerk or be a victim because you have to protect yourself. And what that amygdala does is it sucks blood from the rest of your brain. It starts like, we've got to save ourselves. So it starts collecting resources from everywhere that it can. And it actually takes away your ability to make good, reasonable, cognitive decisions. Now, it's an amazing part of, of who we're created to be. If if a bear is attacking us from the woods, that amygdala is our best friend because it's going to collect every resource we have inside our physiology to survive. But when I'm in a conflict with a friend, when I'm having trouble with the government or whoever else, the amygdala is not my friend because it's going to ask me to make irrational decisions about rational moments. And it's going to take away my ability to be able to think 
well and think cognitively. And it's part of the problem, I say, with sort of partisan right-wing media, because the, the and all media to some extent, but but certainly this partisan right-wing media, the goal of that media is to get you to emote the way the way media gets you to come back. The reason you go back to a series week after week, modern family or something, is because it peaks an emotion in you. Laughter, joy, uh, emotion, crying uh, at romantic, sad, happy moments, whatever. That emotion gets you to come back. And so media has to get you to come back so they can sell advertisement. And the easiest way to do that is to get you angry and scared. This amygdala is the easiest thing to kick in. If I can make you be fearful, if I can give you an enemy and tell you I'm the one that's revealing this enemy to you, you're going to come back again and again and again. And, and so that's the goal of, of the 24-7 right-wing media is to, to create enemies that only they're going to tell you the antidote for those enemies and get you to watch again and again because they're your outlet to know the enemy. And so the ultimate victimization position is to be a conspiracy theorist. Now I've got this, I'm a victim of this big overarching enemy that I can't do anything about. And it's huge and it's out there. And I'm going to have to go to particular conspiracy theory websites to get the inside information because only those guys know the truth and all the rest of the mainstream media is telling me other stuff. It's the ultimate victimization. And the thing we really enjoy about being victims as human beings is that when I'm a victim, now I'm not responsible for anything that happens. I can't change anything because I'm a victim. And so I have no responsibility. So again, there's a short term gain here. I'm a victim. I blame you. I get to build an agenda against you. I get to call you a jerk and I'm not responsible for changing anything. And what I'm doing has no long-term benefit to anybody whatsoever, but short-term, I really like it because I get to call you a name, but it's not the way to live. The way to live is to be empowered. We see this of Jesus in the Bible. Jesus didn't live as a victim. Even when they were taking him to the cross, he refused to be a victim. Even on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When, when In his life, when they say, what do you think about taxes, Jesus? What do you think about taxes? And they were big victims because the Roman Empire had taken over Israel, and it was taxing them at a really unjust level. And it was taking their own people to collect the taxes, and those tax collectors were then cheating to get more money of their cut than they were supposed to get. So taxes were a big, big issue. And they were all victims of taxes. And the Pharisees were like, we need a Messiah to come in and overthrow the Roman government so we don't have to live under this terrible taxation anymore. They were victims of taxation. And when they said, Jesus, what do you think about these taxes? Jesus said, yeah, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what's God's. Well, at another point where they were arguing about taxes, he said, do I owe this tax? Do I owe the temple tax as a rabbi? And his disciples around him say, no, you don't owe that tax because rabbis were exempt. But Jesus says, tell you what, let's not get bogged down in an argument. He literally says, so as not to offend, let's just pay the tax and move on. He refused to be a victim. He said, when forced to go a mile by Roman law, go two miles. That's where you're really showing that I'm not going to be a victim to your laws. And too often we're living as victims today. So what's the antidote to that? How do I avoid living as a victim? How can I start to have, maybe I lose out on some of my short-term gain because I don't get to call the people that I feel like I'm being victimized by names and call them jerks and fascist and dictators and 
tyrants and all of those things. And I lose out on that short-term gain, but long-term I can start to make a difference. Also, now I'm going to be responsible for my own well-being. I no longer can blame the overarching evil world government out there. I have to take uh, responsibility for my own well-being. And so how do I do that? And why would I want to do that? So first off, let me tell you, how do you avoid being a victim? Well, the first thing is breathe. Just breathe. Stop and take a breath. When something you start seeing in the media starts getting your gander up or you're looking and you're saying, oh my gosh, what's happening here? Just breathe. That's the first thing to do. And this is spelled out really well in the book of Philippians. My friend Bob Prater was pointing this out to me this week. Philippians chapter four. Um, I want to read a passage here from the Bible. And this is Philippians chapter four from the uh, Common English Bible, which I really like a lot because it's really easy to understand. And it says, be glad in the Lord always. And again, I say, be glad. Now, the writer of this passage, a guy named Paul, is writing about an argument some people in his church are having. And he's asking everybody to help these guys work out their argument. So he's saying, don't be a victim. Let me tell you another way to look at things. And he says, be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. Let your gentleness show. Instead of like being a victim, you're a jerk. I'm going to go sit in that restaurant. And I'll show you, and you jerks and you little fearful people wearing masks. You know, instead of doing that, say, let your gentleness show. Hey, maybe I disagree, but I'm still going to treat you as a human being. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. It says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be a victim. Don't let fear rise up. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Gratefulness. Brene Brown, who's a wonderful speaker, says, if you're grateful, you're going to have a hard, harder time getting depressed and going into dark places. So he says, uh, don't be anxious about anything. Bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. And so what it's saying is just, just let gentleness be there. And then finally says this, and this is really key in taking a breath and not being a victim. He says, if anything is excellent, if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things, all that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise, practice these things. And then he finally says, the peace of God be with you. What if instead of running to conspiracy theories and partisan media and allowing ourselves to be working to a lather so we can call the governor names and call the mayor names and somehow have this short-term gratification of getting to call people jerks. We said, I'm going to let my gentleness show and I'm going to be empowered. And I can disagree with the governor. I can disagree with the mayor. And even like this pastor, I'm going to maybe violate the rule, but I'm going to do it in a way that's honoring, that is empowered and gutsy, not some chicken victimization. I think that's the first step is breathe and really spend a lot of time thinking about how can I walk this out better
than I might have otherwise. Second step is I talk about taking one step on a daily basis or a weekly basis or however you want to measure it. What if you were to take one step to test what you believe? Because sometimes our belief systems, we get really stuck in them. And then when somebody comes and tells us something that's different than what we believe, it, it causes this anger and fear to rise up in us. Oh, somehow this person's trying to deceive me into something else. And so we start to find enemies where we don't even have enemies. We think that person's horrible or evil or stupid. And instead, we could think, wow, that's another human being with a different opinion of me. And maybe them challenging my belief system is going to help me learn something and at very least, if at the end of having a discussion with somebody who believes something different than me, and I come out the other side and still believe the way I believe, I'm going to know that I really believe what I believe. I allowed it to be challenged. And, um, and I did it in a manner where I let my gentleness be shown. And that shows that I'm empowered, not some sniveling victim. And in Roman, in the book of Romans, in the Bible, Romans 12, 2 uh, tells us, uh, tells us this. It says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, or actually that word world is don't be conformed to the patterns of this age or the or the circle of the world around you, like your bubble. Don't, don't be stuck in it. Don't be conformed to those patterns, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. So this verse is saying, let what you believe be challenged, and you're going to be transformed by consistently renewing your mind, and you're going to know the difference between right and wrong. You're going to know what's good and bad. So and take a step and allow your belief system, your bubble to be challenged. If you watch a lot of right-wing media, turn it off for a while. Watch something else, something in the middle, BBC or something like that. Find a media that's not just preaching your story and telling your narrative all the time. Get away from the conspiracy theory websites that you go to on a regular basis and allow your mind to start to be renewed and see if, wow, I feel a little different. I actually have a blog I wrote on my website, npepodcast.com, that talks about um, how I got uh, over an addiction to Rush Limbaugh. I listened to Rush Limbaugh two or three hours a day um, until I felt like, hey, this is sort of making me angry at people, angry at life, and maybe it's not the best place for me to be. And uh, so read that blog and get a feel for kind of what happens. I mean, when I stopped listening to it, I tell you the color of the sky changed. It, it had an incredible impact on me and was impacting me more than I knew. So take one step. What can you do to challenge your belief system on a daily basis? You may be amazed at what happens there. And then uh, kind of along those lines, and I step back, I have a rule that I say, with, what if this person isn't evil or stupid? What if they just have a different worldview than me? Sit down with somebody that believes differently than you and don't automatically go into the conversation thinking this person is evil or stupid. You don't have to have enemies in life. You can have people that disagree with you, but they don't have to be your enemy and they don't have to be bad or stupid for believing differently. Human beings can disagree. Americans can disagree. It's actually a very important premise of the American culture. And so just go into some discussions, give room for disagreement. What happened is our theology became inarguable and our ideology then became inarguable. And then we put the two together. And so now we have what I call theoideology. Our theology and our ideology have married each other and nobody is allowed to ever question them. And we get really stuck in our place. And we don't give room for disagreement anymore. Jesus said it like this in the Bible, if you're a follower of the Bible. 
He said, you know, woe to you Pharisees, you've taken away the key to knowledge. You've gotten to a place and now you don't want anybody to learn anything beyond what you know. You've taken away the ability to learn in your teaching. And learning is really important. It actually helps our mind stay young and refreshed. It helps us avoid Alzheimer's or dementia. So having your belief system challenged on a regular basis has all kinds of good things. Breathing, taking a step, allowing people to disagree, all of it allows you to breathe and it all helps your physiology actually. It all helps your heart slow down. Your amygdala start to release dopamine into the rest of your brain and allow you to have a feeling of well-being. That's why we talk about meditation or prayer, prayer and supplication, as it talks about in Philippians. If I'm allowing my body to breathe, I have a better chance of being healthy long-term and my mind can be renewed. So don't be a victim. You don't have to, you can disagree with anybody around you without saying they're a jerk, they're a tyrant, they're evil, and, and then have all these comments start making posts because ultimately that victim spirit, that victimization is a self-medication. It's I want a short-term gain. I want, a, I want some short-term gain, but long-term pain is going to come out of it. I'm not changing anything with what I'm doing, but boy, I sure, being, sure enjoy being able to do it. Be courageous. Be empowered. If forced to go a mile, go two. That's what the Bible demonstrates real power looks like. Um, I'm not afraid to lay down my life for my friend or my enemy, because that's going to testify more greatly to my empowerment and what I believe in than being a victim and screaming. All right. Just wanted to share that with you on a Friday. Have an amazing, amazing weekend because you are amazing. My ultimate message to people is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're an incredible creation. Humanity is awesome. And each of us is crafted in a really cool, amazing way. And so why do we spend a lot of time telling each other how horrible and shaming each other we are when actually, if you're a Christian, your belief system is the creator created you with an amazing purpose, and he called you good. If you're not a Christian, then just know that human beings are spectacularly cool. And let's encourage each other in that instead of trying to shame one another in different things. And we'll all be more empowered and we'll all work better together in this crazy thing we know as community and civilization and culture. All right, love you guys. Be well. Remember, God is not mad at you. I'm the nonpartisan evangelical. Go to my website, npepodcast.com. You can hear a whole lot of other cool stuff or read cool stuff like this. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you all again soon.